Our scripture passage this morning is Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 20. If you have the Red Pew Bible, that's on page 978. Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 20. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the very word of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. It's hard to manage all these pages. Three hours worth of sermon. That's a lot of pages. Um... Get comfortable. Um, it was funny. I was thinking as we were singing that song, that last song. I, uh, I remember the first time I heard that song. I was at Purdue. I was going to a, a church that um, some friends of mine had introduced me to up there, uh, campus house uh, up at Purdue, and um, I'd never been to. I, I grew up in the UCC, and it was very, very liturgical, very traditional. You know, I did, it was really before what we called then contemporary worship had really taken off uh, before contemporary worship had become traditional worship. Um, and so I'd never been to, you know, I mean, Alex uh, knows that like, college ministry is just a totally different thing. It's very high energy and uh, it's very dynamic. And I remember hearing that song for the first time. And it just hit me. I thought, oh, my gosh, is that really how I view my relationship with God? Am I, am I desperate for him? Um, do I feel lost without him? And it just hit me like a ton of bricks that, uh, like Dave said, I just without my relationship with Christ, I wouldn't know where to even go. I wouldn't know. I, I, I don't even know if I'd know who I was at, at that point. Um, and, and everything just became much more real. Uh, and, and not because of a song, but just because of that reality that, uh, we really are desperate for what only God can give. And when we enter times of crisis, uh, like, like many of you are in right now, um, it, it becomes very real. You realize that, um, like as Dave said, I, I can't do this on my own. I, I have to have something from outside myself. I had, there's, there's things that, that only God can do. Just like when I was small, there were things I knew that only my dad could do. Even now, if my truck breaks, I'm not the guy that uh, I want working on that. <laughs> but my dad can fix it. Um, I view my relationship with God the same way. There are things I'll never be able to do that he can do. Um, and praise God for that. Oh, um, will you pray with me? Well, Father, we just uh, thank you for um, time this morning to turn our hearts and minds toward you, to worship you, God. Um, as we sang earlier, it, it is your breath in our lungs, and it is our joy to use that breath to praise you this morning, God. Um, you're doing so much in the, in our lives in the midst of this 
little piece of the body of Christ. Um, you're working uh, in so many miraculous ways, and we just praise you for that, God. But God, we also praise you for what you're already doing um, that we're not, that, that we haven't experienced yet. That, that the future is is just a time that it, you're already there. You're already in the future, and you're already working on that. Um, Think about what what Riley is going through there. You're already at the end of this thing, doing and preparing things, and and we just haven't seen it yet, God. And um, so we just thank you for the way that you act on our behalf. Um, Praise you for the way you act on our behalf, Um, the things that we don't even know. Um, God, we just pray now that you would be with us as we open your word together. God, I just pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be um, acceptable to you, O oh God, uh, our rock and our redeemer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, we're in Ephesians 5 this morning. If you still have your Bibles open, uh, if, you, if you close them, you're certainly welcome to reopen them and kind of follow along. We'll be referring to that passage. It's, it's only, you know, five or six verses, but like every every letter of Paul's five or six verses contains you know an hour's worth of discussion, so um, it's just so rich. So we'll be referring to that. Um, but just as I was thinking this week about the action of breathing, and I mean it's as we kind of take it for granted, we need it for life. Um, if I asked us all to to hold our breath. Um, it's, it, that's not such a comfortable thing to do, especially if you're a, a few seconds. Um, but but we have to have that oxygen to to live. Um, but it it's like the most automatic thing that we do. I mean, how many of you are, are sitting in the pew right now, going, "Okay, I need to make sure I breathe in. Okay, I need to make sure I breathe out." And if you are doing that, you're probably not listening to me. So, um, but it, it's totally automatic. We don't really think about that. Until we're short of breath, and then we think, okay, I need to breathe, I need to breathe. But it's like the single most important thing that we do for our bodies, and we don't even, our bodies just do it. Um, it our brain just automatically sends all the signals for that to happen. And, and so we don't realize how badly we need oxygen, like I said, until, until you're short of breath. Um, you know, you may have a medical condition where, you're, you're short of breath, and I know a couple of people in my family have um, have AFib, and when they get out of rhythm and they get short of breath, it's uh, it can, it's a scary time. Uh, if you have asthma, it, it's a, an asthma attack is a really scary thing. Um, we realize just how dependent we are in those times where we're short, when we're short of breath. We realize how how dependent we are. Um, Many of you know I'm a I'm an IT guy, and so I do computer work for a lot of different people uh, on the side and stuff. And there's a lady that I do I've done computer work for for probably 10 or 12 years. And when I first met her, um, she was in her early 60s, and and uh, and she she smoked like crazy. I mean, just short of lighting one off the other. I mean, she just she smoked like crazy. And I remember talking to her about it, and uh, she said, "Well, I'm this old. Why would I quit now?" I mean, my doctor says to quit, but I said, well, if I'm this old, I might as well enjoy myself, right? Well, until uh, until she got uh, uh, COPD, and now she has oxygen all the time. And she, I was over there not too long ago, and 
Um, and we were reminiscing about when she said, why would I, why would I ever quit? And she said, I was so stupid. You know, she, she talked about it, her 60 year old self, like she was young and dumb. You know what I mean? Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. I forget things. Um, you can, my name is Dave Mills. Um, here's my email address. Uh, but she, so when she was doing that, she was, when she was smoking all the time. She didn't realize what it would be like to be so short of oxygen. And now she's, she's desperate for, for oxygen. She has to have it all the time. And, um, whenever I'm over there, we joke that she's, she's on a leash cause she has this oxygen thing that goes around the, goes around the house. Um, but our relationship with God is exactly, it's exactly like that. We, it, it was even kind of a stretch for me at one point to think about it like that, but it's exactly like that. We don't realize how much we need God or how much we rely on God until we feel far from God or we're in a situation where we're, where we're outside ourselves and, and we need God and, um, and, and then we, we draw very, very close. Uh, that's why the valleys sometimes are really powerful because we, we, we're looking for God to show up. And it's not that God wasn't showing up before. It's just that we weren't looking. Um, many of you know that I deal with anxiety. And uh, in, in learning how to deal with anxiety and decrease anxiety and handle stress better and, and all that, um, a, a therapist taught me a really a, a secret thing that I'll teach you now. So this is free. Sorry, Donna. I'm robbing you of patience. But... Um, this is free. He taught me how to do this. It's a, it's a secret, I know, but and it's magical. Yeah, I know. I paid a lot for it, <laughs> but, but that's what he taught me. And if you do that, you automatically start to slow down and calm down. And you realize that the breaths you were taking were pretty shallow and, and they, weren't, they weren't bringing you a lot of good air. But you breathe deep in through your nose. You fill your lower lungs first. And um, it, there's something about that that there's all kinds of, of benefits to it. I'm, I was reading this week and, I mean, obviously it helps you relax it lowers your your heart rate. Um, it then lo- can help lower your blood pressure. It, it can improve muscle stability. Um, you know, you expend less energy because your your heart's not not beating so fast. Um, it, it also helps with insomnia. Um, it, I've I've experienced that myself. It amazes me how many how many benefits there are to just slowing down and breathing deep. But in our society, everything is go, 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 go. I mean, if you have an Apple Watch, you know that it probably tells you multiple times a day you need to stop and breathe. And I thought, that's so silly. But every time it tells me that, I'm in the midst of go, 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 go. I mean, my career as an IT guy, something's always broken, right? So I'm always having to go here, go there, or fix this, or fix that, or... It's, it's high stress. It's, it's, everything moves fast. People really needed this fix yesterday, but right now we'll do. Um, 
and there's just so many I've seen so many benefits to just breathing deep, slowing down, taking the time to focus on what I'm doing. Um, what if our relationship with Christ was like that? What if my relationship with Christ was like that? It's just, it sometimes feels like this automatic thing. You know, I'm, I know God loves me. I know, I, I know Christ loves me. I, I know the Holy Spirit's inside of me. I know these things. And so I just kind of go through life just knowing these things. But what if I really paid attention to how deeply I was breathing in Christ? To how deeply I was taking in these things that, that, um, that Christ has put out there for me. And so we'll, I want to talk a little bit about some of those things in a minute. So we'll come back to that. Um, but I also, I also just started searching through Scripture. And um, the picture of God breathing thing, God, God breathing out, is all through Scripture. As David was saying earlier, that, that metaphor is everywhere. Uh, starting at the beginning in Genesis 2, Genesis 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. It truly is God's breath in our lungs. It truly is. If, you, if we believe Scripture to be true, if you're at that place where you believe Scripture to be true, it truly is God's breath in your lungs right now. Uh, we believe here that God is the creator of life, but he's also the sustainer of life. So the only reason that I'm up here talking is because God is, God is putting breath in, in my lungs um, and, and allowing me to breathe. In, in John, the Gospel of John, um, chapter 20, verse 22, it says, When he said this, when Jesus said this, he breathed on them, the disciples, and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. He literally breathed out his, his spirit. And the one that sticks with me always is Second Timothy um, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, that all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All of this flowed out from God. It's God-breathed. And to me, that's a, a really powerful and, and beautiful image. Um, God breathed his Holy Spirit into you. If you're, if you're at that place where you, you've come to believe that Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, God breathed his Holy Spirit into you. He breathed his scripture forth for us to receive. Um, it's, it's so much more powerful than, uh, you know, a, a bunch of guys got together and figured out which books uh, to put together and, and all the, all the, all the historical clinical stuff that, that we talk about sometimes, um, we lose sight of the fact that God breathed this out for us to receive. We know all about the Holy Spirit, but we don't think about the fact that God breathed his spirit into us. Um, one of my favorite series of books of all time, which is really saying something because I read tons, is the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, I was actually just talking to Sarah Cannon about this last week. Uh, we were talking about a different we're really just talking about C.S. Lewis in general. The guy was just prolific. But um, these books just continue to astound me as an adult. You know, as a kid, when I heard the stories, they were neat fantasy stories. And then, you know, I sort of sort of started to see the spiritual side of them. And now they're, they're just these deep spiritual books, even though they're these kids' stories. Um, 
But I've always treasured them. And then in the second book, the most popular one, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the uh, the sort of evil figure, the devil figure in the books, the, the white queen, she turns people to stone. And um, Aslan, the lion, who's sort of this Christ uh, figure, he breathes on these stone statues. When he comes and he finds all these stone statues, he breathes on them and brings them back to life. Um, in the book, C.S. Lewis phrases it this way. He says, I expect you've seen someone put a lighted match to a bit of newspaper, which is propped up in a grate against an unlit fire. And for a second, nothing seems to have happened. And then you notice a tiny streak of flame creeping along the edge of the newspaper. It was like that now. For a second after Aslan had breathed upon him, the stone lion looked just the same. Then a tiny streak of gold began to run, run along his white marble back. Then it spread, and then the color seemed to lick all over him as the flame licks all over a bit of paper. Then while his hindquarters were still obviously stone, the lion shook his mane, and all the heavy stone folds rippled into living hair. Then he opened a, a great red mouth, warm and living, and gave a prodigious yawn. And now his hind legs had come to life. He lifted one of them and scratched himself. Then, having caught sight of Aslan, he went bounding after him and frisking around him, whimpering with delight and jumping up to lick his face. That's what I think about when I think about God breathing his spirit into us. He, that before we had the Holy Spirit, it's as if we were stone. And God breathes his spirit into us. I think I heard one author put it, that the Holy Spirit animates us. He animates us into action. And, and it's not all at once. It's sort of little by little. Um, but, but then we become this, this new creation. Um, and it's just such beautiful imagery. Um, and in our in our passage this morning in, in Ephesians uh, five in verse eighteen, Paul says, "Don't get drunk on wine, uh, for this is for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Receive God's Holy Spirit. Um, breathe in God's Holy Spirit." So, in thinking of practical ways um, to work out this this breathing analogy um i came up with a few things and there's a there's a blank page today in your bulletin for notes um and so i'd encourage you to write uh i'm a, there's three ways that we breathe in christ um and write those down uh if if that is helpful for you um but if god breathed out his holy spirit and god breathed out scripture then what is it that we do to breathe that in um so the first, and we were talking about in Sunday school this morning, as everything, it, it starts in, in prayer. Prayer, for me, is the primary way that I breathe in what God has, is breathing out. Um, in fact, in, in our passage this morning, in verse 20, uh, Paul says that we should, give, we should be giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about this morning in Sunday school in our class that... Um, Whenever you stop and thank God in prayer, it forces you to focus on what God is doing, on what God has done. It takes your focus off the negativity uh, of this world, and it forces you to look at what God is doing, that God is on the move in, in your life and in the lives of others. Um, and so in, in giving thanks to God, we, we breathe in and savor those things that he's done for us and that he's, and that he's doing for others, and, and it... Um, and it forces us to think about the things that he's already doing that we're not, that we're not to yet. 
Um, but, but it brings our focus back to the fact that God is in action on our behalf. I, you know, I see prayer as sort of this method of deep breathing um, in our spiritual lives. Uh, in fact, it has many of the same benefits as deep breathing. Um, it, 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 it calms you down and, and, um, and slows your heart rate and all that sort of thing. Um, prayer is extremely helpful to me. Um, so sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be, I can't get back to sleep and I'll be thinking about something and so I'll, I'll pray. And I'll just pray for whoever comes to mind. And, and, and many times it's, it's many of you and, and people at work and people in my family and my wife and my kids. And, um, and as I pray and I spend time with God, I just relax. I just, I just relax. Ultimately, I fall asleep. Um, but um, it, it's, I don't know, it's not that I like being up in the middle of the night, but I love that time with God, that intentional time where everybody else is asleep and I'm just talking with God um, about people and things that I care about. And I don't know, it just feels so... It feels so much more intentional than, than many of my other prayer times, and it's just so much deeper than, than many of my other prayer times because I'm, I'm on the go all the time. And I don't always stop and take the time to pray the way that I should. Um, the, the big thing with prayer that I think we all run into, I've never met anybody that didn't say, I really just wish I had a more healthy prayer life. I wish I had a more rich and full prayer life. And I think that's again because we're we're always running here and running there, and we don't we don't stop and and have intentional prayer always. But also, how many of you are, are get distracted when you pray? Nobody, just me. Okay, there's a few people. All right, cool. For a minute, I was feeling really silly, and I was going to rephrase that. Um, no, I do. You 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 sit down to pray, or you kneel down to pray, or you go to pray. And every other thing in the world comes on your mind, except for what it is you want to say to God. I mean, like for me, all those things that my wife has been asking me to do that I'd never think about any other time. At that time, it's like, you know, I really do need to go do that. Um, but everything comes into our mind. and We don't, you know, we, it's hard to slow down and really focus on God. Um, I think that's a reflection of how we live our lives, being so busy. But, but also, I, um, I think it's a tool of the enemy. Um, but if we can really slow down and focus on God, oh my gosh. I mean, it just it improves everything. Like deep breathing. It just, it just makes you feel better. Uh, somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was, a, I think it was a pastor when I was in college that said, you know, when, when you kneel down to pray and you're, or you go to pray and all these other people and stuff are on your mind, start praying about those things. And, and it'll, it will redirect your mind and keep you from being distracted. So it's been really helpful for me. Maybe it'll be helpful for you. The second thing, uh, so we, three ways you breathe in Christ is prayer. The second thing is, um, is scripture, being in the word. Um, and you can call it study. You can call it whatever you want. We've, we've talked about um, some different methods here. So discovery Bible study, which is sort of a group thing. And then a soaps study, uh, which is an individual thing. And if you have questions about what those are, let me know uh, afterwards and we can get you a bookmark or something. But ways to read God's word and then write down your thoughts and really think more seriously about what you're reading and what God's saying to you. 
But I always find it helpful to mix prayer and, and time in the Word. That you pray before you read God's Word, you pray after you read God's Word. That just always seems to make my time and seems to enrich my time in God's Word. Um, you know, I ask God to be present while I read His Word, to, to help me understand it, ultimately to help me come to know Him more. I mean, they're His words. He breathed them out. So I would hope that by reading them, I'd come to know who He is more. I'd get to know Him better. Um, and then afterwards, I just I just thank God for, for His Word. And I, and I pray, ultimately, for opportunities to, to share it, um, for the courage to share it. Uh, for for opportunities to put it into practice. So the third way that I really uh, thrive off of when it comes to breathing in uh, Christ is is community. Um, whether that's being a part of this body or or other um, other Christian communities around the city, um, but really, honestly, especially in attending worship uh, with you all, it's it's really life-giving for me. I feel like in worship we're collectively breathing in what God is doing, thinking about what God is doing. Just this morning we've had a couple different reports about things that God is doing, about things that we're praying about that God is acting on. Um, and that's life-giving. We breathe those things in and we, and we leave here uh, ideally and we go, um, wow, I'm so much more encouraged than I was before I came in. I'm so much more encouraged I, I, that I can, I can go this week and I can do the things that God has in store for me to do. I, I'm, I'm so much more encouraged that I can handle this, this really hard thing that I'm, that I'm going through because I have the support of not only Christ, but I have the support of the body of Christ around me. Um, we, when we breathe in Christ collectively, it's just it's so much more deep and full. Um, and I think that's because we were created out of the relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We were created for relationships with other people. Uh, that's very clear in, in Genesis and all through Scripture. We were created to be in relationship with one another. Um, I think God designed it this way. That this relationship thing is, is really key um, to, to, get, to breathing Christ in fully and deeply. Um, when we do it in community, uh, it's uh, it's just it takes on a whole different a, a whole different form. Um, so if that's what breathing in looks like, um, then then how do we breathe it back out? Because I mean, you don't just breathe air in and hold it. You're constantly breathing in and breathing out. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. And when we, like I said earlier, when we hold our breath, it doesn't feel very good. In fact, if you hold your breath for too long, if you're ever a kid and you dove too far under the water, there's that moment where you think, oh my goodness, I'm not going to get back up to the top. Um, I'm going to die here. Um, it, it doesn't feel very comfortable. It gets kind of scary, actually, um, because that's just not what we were created for. We were created to not only to, to, to take in, but also to breathe out. Um, I'm not recommending that you walk up to people and breathe on them. That's not what it's so. Listen very carefully uh, here. But in the same way, we're not just meant to take in what God has in store for us, but we're also to 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 exhale that as well uh, in, into the body of Christ and into the world. Um, 
so the first the first thing um, that we do when we when we breathe out um, Christ is is service service to others serving others however you want to phrase that but when we serve others um, we're acting in obedience with Christ's example of how He showed us to treat others the ultimate example that I think of when I think of Jesus is um, is lepers Jesus the way Jesus dealt with lepers. It was just so countercultural. You weren't even supposed to be around these folks. If you did see one, uh, they were supposed to shout that they were unclean as loudly as they could multiple times. If they didn't do it, you were supposed to do it for them and let everybody else know that there was this unclean thing because they didn't see them as people. They saw them as things. Um, and Jesus went right into that and gave them con- human contact. I mean, wow, how powerful must that have been? Uh, again, I just think of Aslan breathing on the stone statues, you know, just that must have been so powerful to have someone come in and um, and put their hands on you when you're supposed to be this unclean thing that nobody even wants to see or um, that to me is the ultimate picture of serving others. Um, incidentally, I'm not even close to that uh, at this at this stage and things. Um, because we can't just serve those that we want to serve. We, we don't, you know, Jesus said in, in Acts 1.8, he said, you'll be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem. So people in your neighborhood, in Judea, people in your, you know, city or, or, or people nearby um, in Samaria. In Samaria, so for the Jews, you know, people you don't like, people you don't want to be around, people you don't want to go serve. And then to the ends of the earth, to everybody else. Um, he sort of gives this a, a, a tall order there, but but he tell he tells them before that that, the, that they'll receive power. We will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. So, like everything that Jesus commands us to do, we don't do any of it alone. That that Jesus says the Holy Spirit when 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 the Holy Spirit is breathed into you, you will have power. Um, and incidentally, that doesn't end anywhere in Scripture. So we had that same power this morning. If you've come to belief in Christ, you have that same power because that same spirit has been breathed into you. When you read um, when you read in Acts where the Holy Spirit descends on the disciples or the apostles, that same thing happens to us. It takes different forms, spiritual gifts and stuff, and we won't get into that this morning. But but it's all used to serve others, to serve the body of Christ, to strengthen the body. And to serve others so that they might come to know that there's a Father in heaven who loves them so much that he paid their debt so that they might have freedom. So that they might have freedom from those things that they struggle with, so that they might have freedom from sin. We were talking in Sunday school this morning. In one instance, somebody asked Jesus to, to heal a man, and he, and he forgives the sin before he heals. He handles the real problem before he handles the surface level problem. And, you know, I was talking, I said, you know, if my body's broken, I'm thinking about, Jesus, heal my body. But the sin is the real problem. Because my body being broken doesn't separate me from my father, but my sin does. And so, when we serve others, we we bring that message to them, that there's a father who loves them so much that he wants them to be free. In our passage this morning, if, if you go just one more verse down past verse 20, in verse 21, um, and we talked a lot about this this morning in, uh, in Sunday school, Beth, Beth brought this up, um, it, so it's not my fault. 
Paul says we, we do this by submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That submission word is not a fun word. It's not a good word. It's like obedience. People don't want to hear about obedience. You can talk to me about serving people. That's fine. But don't talk to me about obedience. You know, um, Submission is really tough. And yet, again, Christ gives us this extreme example of making ourselves ultimately submissive to the point of death on behalf of others. Do you really think there's anything, there's any sin that you've ever committed that Christ didn't already know about when he decided to die for you? Do you think you've ever done anything that Christ didn't already know about when he decided to make himself that submissive? And yet, I, I don't even want to be submissive to my wife. And she's never done anything to me half as bad as what I've done in my sin. And so just on a human level, submission is really, really hard. But when we serve others, we make ourselves submissive to them. It does something because it's not normal. And so just like when Jesus went to the lepers and he made himself submissive to the lowest of the low in that culture, it, he stood right against the grain, right against the grain. And it, it looks different when you submit. It looks different because we just don't see a lot of submission in our world. Everybody's got to be right. We've got to be right. We don't want to be wrong. In fact, we care so much about being right that we forget about other people sometimes. Um, so when we submit and when we serve, we take what God has given us and we breathe it out. And we breathe it out. The second thing is um, is talking to others about about Christ. And, and we talk about this all the time and we come up with all kinds of reasons why we don't do it. We can't do it. Uh, I'm talking about myself, really. Um, and yet, if we breathe God's spirit in, if, if God's putting breath in our lungs, haven't we experienced God? And so can't we talk to others about that experience? Um, I feel like we do it all the time and we just don't realize that we do it. I feel like I talk to people all the time about what God is doing in my life. I may just not phrase it in a spiritual way. We, we do it all the time in conversation. We just don't think about it. We're not intentional about it. Um, but we all tell stories all the time, all the time about all kinds of things that happen. Oh, I saw this car wreck. Oh, you never believe what I heard today. Oh, you never believe what I saw on name your social media outlet of choice. Um, can't we tell those same stories about what God is doing? I mean, I know God is moving in your lives. I've heard almost all of you in this room talk about it at some point. So I know, th- I know that we can do it. But when we breathe those stories out, when we tell our story, as we've talked about so much in this congregation, um, it brings people to freedom. It brings people to freedom, which is ultimately, um, I believe, what God desires is for us to be free from our struggles, free from our sin. So again, the, the third thing in, when, in breathing out, just as in breathing in, is community. Um, I, I think community is so powerful because we both take in and, and exhale at the, at the same time. Um, you know, we, we, take, we take this breath and we use it to praise God. 
And just as we inhale the Spirit more fully when we're in community, we exhale it more fully as well. Um, and I don't, uh, I, I know that it's because we were created for community, but, I, you know, I think of like being on Kairos weekends and I see guys make professions of faith that are not, um, uh, that they, they probably wouldn't have come to on their own. But when they're strengthened by other men around them and they see the example of other men around them, um, it, it does something. There is a, there's a strengthening aspect to that. Um, in our passage this morning, in verse 19, uh, Paul tells us that we should address one another with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord with our hearts. Inside the body of Christ, we should be addressing ourselves, addressing one another in a, in a way that is, that is positive, but also reminds us of what God is doing. That God is moving so that we can strengthen the body of Christ. I feel like the reason that part of the reason that the body of Christ is is sort of getting disparate in areas of the country is because we just we don't think of each other this way necessarily. I mean, yeah, we go to church together, but it's so much deeper than that. I mean, when a member of the body of Christ is suffering, we all suffer. We all feel it. That's how deep it is. And that's really, really deep. Um, when somebody at work, when somebody that I work with is suffering, I don't always necessarily feel that, but I, I definitely feel it when, when you guys are going through stuff. Um, we're, we're to constantly be reminding one another that this is all real. It's all real. That God is constantly working, that God is working in your life right now. Um, and, and, and you guys, many of you guys remind me all the time that God is working in my life right now. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. I'd be completely lost without the community of the body. Um, ultimately what all this boils down to is, uh, I'm sorry for this word is obedience. Um, we, we breathe in what we hear from God through prayer and in study and in community. And when we breathe out, um, one author that I read this week said, when we breathe out, we, we act on what we've heard. So, so this act of exhaling is just being obedient to the things that you know, the things that you've heard. Um, the reality is that we... We were all created for community, but we were also created for obedience. Scripture tells us we were created to glorify God. It's very difficult to glorify God if you're being disobedient to him. I'm not sure it's possible. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's impossible. Um, And I think that this is proven because when we are obedient to God, it feels like we just get this breath of fresh air. You know, when you serve others, I've never heard anybody serve somebody and say, well, that felt lousy. Most people serve somebody and they go, wow, that felt really good. I mean, I've heard, I don't know how many of you talk about going down to Potter's Wheel or, or serving on various ministry teams or, or whatever, and, and you just feel so energized after those times. It's because we were created to glorify God, and so when you glorify Him in your obedience, you breathe Him in. It's His full, deep breath. And at the same time, you're also breathing that back out on others. There's something that happens 
when, when we talk about God to others, when you teach others, when you serve others, you come to know God more fully. You come to realize just how much he's working in your life. You, you learn more in those times than, um, than you do when you're just taking it in on your own. And it's like God rigged our brains from the beginning that we come to know him more when we exhale. Um, and I guess I'm just really, really thankful for those opportunities when I get to do that because it just underscores the reality of what God is doing on a large scale. Um, and praise God that we get to be a part of that on some level. Um, when I think about God breathing out and us breathing in, I think of, I think honestly, I think of CPR. Um, and any of you that have been through CPR training uh, know what I'm talking about, but but I need breath to live, and and in in the spiritual sense, I I can't do that on my own. I, I can't I can't do that on my own. So I need God to to breathe to breathe air into me, um, good, clean, life giving air. Um, because the reality is, I I, I think that um, we we come to settle for sort of the nasty air that this world um, offers us. And, and, we, and we come to settle for a life of taking really shallow breaths and never breathing in fully and deeply what God has in store for us. And when we take the time to do that, the reason why it feels so good and it feels so different is because it is different. It's completely different than what this world offers. And it's so much better. And it brings so much more life. And it's so much more comforting. Um, and so my question to myself this morning is, am I desperate for that air? Am I desperate for that air or um, am I just settling for, for, what, for the air this world is giving me, which is, which is not very good? It's sort of under this layer of smog and, and nastiness. Um, I think that if we, if we will stop settling... If we'll come to, if our, if our rhythm of breathing becomes deep breathing instead of shallow breathing, um, I think we'll be astounded by what we see God doing. And I think we'll be astounded uh, by what God does through us as we exhale those breaths out into this world. Because, folks, people need it bad, really bad. Um, turn on your TV this afternoon or, or get on Facebook and you'll see how bad um, and we need it too. So let's strengthen one another and, and, and bring the knowledge of Christ into this world. Um, will you pray with me? God, we are just so aware of um, not only the struggles going on inside our own body, but God, uh, our world is a mess. It's chaos. Uh, everywhere we go, it seems like it's chaos. And Father, we, we believe as Christians that you're the only one who can bring order into that chaos. Um, you're the only source of true life-giving air that, that anyone has. Um, and, and God, we're also aware that there are just, uh, there are many, many out there who, who either aren't tapped in to that source of air or who don't realize um, the quality of life that you give, God. Um, God, help us to take these things this morning um, from, uh, from your word and, uh, and put them into practice today. Uh, God help us not to wait till tomorrow.
Um, that if there, if there are people on our minds or there are things in our minds that need to be done, God, help us to do them today. Um, because I think if we wait till tomorrow, um, that the urgency fades and, uh, and the drive to, to act on what we've heard fades. The drive to exhale fades. Um, God, give us a sense of urgency for bringing your life into this world. Um, and we will give you all the praise and all the glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.